0: This is episode number one with Anna Meloto wilk Mabuhai and welcome to the Best of You podcast. I'm your host Mike Grogan and each week we give you an inspirational person or message designed to empower you to go further faster. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now let the show begin. Welcome! I am so, so excited. This is our first episode. First episode number one. Where we'll go on this journey, I'm not too sure, but I am so excited. Um, Anna Malota-Wilk agreed to be our first guest. I went and travelled to her home in Laguna, outside Metro Manila, to record this interview. Ah, amazing. An amazing woman. She shared so much from growing up with a famous father, uh, as we know, Tony Maloto, who is our father, from Gaul Kalinga, founder. The impact um, that exposure to extreme poverty had on her and the values that, that, that her childhoods and her experiences both in the corporate world and now as an entrepreneur um, with launching as she is the co-founder and the current president of Human Nature, which is fast becoming a global brand Um, in the world of cosmetics and beauty products, etc. Even myself, I am a daily user of human nature products. (laughs) So amazing interview, amazing insight. I try and ask Anna some very deep questions in order to extract as much inspiration and empowerment from her as possible that would be of value to you, the listener. And um, we would really, really appreciate your feedback on this episode. And um, we do this episode for you to, to serve you, to be of value to you. So please go on to our website, bestofyou.ph. Go to the show notes on episode number one. Leave your comments. Was this of value? How did this, this help? And I would really, really appreciate that. Okay. This is enough for me. Now let's get to episode number one. Okay, good morning.
1: Morning, Anna. Mike, yes.
0: Thank you so much for allowing me to come to your beautiful neighborhood.
1: Thank you for coming over.
0: <laughs> and I really appreciate you making time for our listeners this morning to share with us um, parts of your story. Well, oh,
1: so, thank you. So, yeah,
0: very excited to have you, Anna. Very excited to have you. Okay. Okay, so the first question I ask all my guests is joy. Okay. So if you think of the last 24 hours, what will mm-hmm. give you joy in the last 24 hours?
1: Oh, that's a good question. My five-year-old son just learned how to bike without training wheels yesterday oh. on his first try. So that was a reason to celebrate.
0: Is that recorded on video?
1: Um, <laughs> in my memory and uh. in my heart. <laughs> but he did it on his first try. So that was good. It was my husband who taught him. So, oh, wow. Unfortunately, I was in a meeting, so I didn't see it. But it was my husband who um, taught him and just texted me. He did it on his first try, and I was like, "What did he do on his first try?" Oh, you'll see when you get home. I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and when you came home, yeah, and he he did it again. So oh, it was great. Wow.
0: Yeah. Actually, that gives me flashbacks. I remember when my dad was teaching me how, mm-hmm. and I was, you're still holding on. You're still holding on. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's a, one of those milestones from childhood. Yes, it is. Kids.
1: It's a big milestone. So we're very happy. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful.
0: Thank you so yeah. much. And. One of the other questions I ask my guest is, before we get into your, your story and your, your background, is, what is, is there a quotation that particularly inspires you, that has uh, helped you along your journey, that well, you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: It changes every so often, but right now it's basically this thing that I saw on a very cheap cloth bag that said, um, find a purpose to serve and not a lifestyle to lead. Um, because I guess our generation and maybe previous generations were always caught up with achieving the American dream or the Filipino dream and everything that's stacked on to that. You know, having the two cars and the house and the court, whether it's the corner office or the dream holiday, everyone's chasing after that. Mm. They think it's a dream, but it's really a lifestyle that they want mm. to lead. And then for those who've um, reached that so-called dream it's maintaining a certain lifestyle mm. but for me it's always been finding a purpose to serve mm. whether you're living the lifestyle that you want or not whether you're happy or not at that moment in time it's mm. to me it's always a question of am I serving a purpose at mm. this moment whether I'm happy about it or not what is that purpose what is that primary purpose? And that's what makes me happy.
0: Mm, I love that. So I want to repeat that. Find a purpose to serve, not a lifestyle to live.
1: Yeah. I don't know who the author is. I just saw it in no, some
0: cl- it's you. random <laughs> cloth
1: bag that I found at a department store. But I've since really um, told myself that each yeah. time I feel like unhappy or frustrated or just exhausted with things that I have to
0: do so oh wow I love that thank you so much I love that quote yeah I love that quote so Anna in in the introduction that I'll record separately to this I'll explain our listeners a bit about you for those that don't know you sure but could um you give the two minute version of the story. Of me. <laughs> of yours. I know. Summarising your life in two minutes. In
1: thirty-five years, okay.
0: In terms of your, I know that you you spent some time in corporate, mm-hmm. and you did something that some people would say that it's crazy that you mm-hmm. walked away from the corporate world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that you started with other folks mm-hmm. this um, organisation, right? That um, is now growing at an incredible pace. Okay. So, for our listeners that don't know. Um, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't know human nature. Okay. Can you just explain to them um, who, th- who that is and who are you? <laughs> okay,
1: so I'm Anna. I've, I'm 35. Um, and basically right now, I uh, am part of this organization called Human Nature. Uh, it's a social enterprise that's turning seven years this year. Um, and I started it with my sister Camille my baby sister, actually, she's seven years younger, and my husband, Dylan, who's not Filipino, he's British, but um, we've been married 11 years, he's been living here for 12 years. Um, But prior to human nature, I was actually uh, working in the corporate world. I was in media straight out of college, I was working for one of the biggest broadcasting companies. Mm. Um, But entry-level, just a PA, doing promotions, um, basically doing whatever it is that needs to be done. And um, after that, I um, moved into advertising because one of um, the people who uh, I interned with learned that I was in in media. It's like, what are you doing there? You're best suited for advertising and marketing and all of those things. So I did corporate for basically four years after college. So from media to advertising to um, uh, fast moving consumer goods and I really loved it in corporate because you know you feel like you're uh, smart you feel like you're advancing you feel like you're part of this group of people who are living the life Being the, the term in 2000 was yuppie I don't know what the term is these <laughs> days so I was living the life of a yuppie um, I lived uh, in a small apartment that I shared with roommates so going out uh, on weekends out of the city to go on adventures so it was a fun life, it was also a lot of hard work, I, I had a bean bag under my desk because there were days when we had to sleep in the office when we had major pitches to clients and things like that um, but I loved the freedom I loved the challenge and mm. moving around with people who um, you know were interesting uh, but just one day while I was still living this life, I was also made aware that, uh, made to remember my background because prior to, um, enjoying this, uh, life of freedom in Makati, um, Going back to my um, youth and my childhood, actually, my, I, I grew up with uh, a father who was very, very different from other fathers, very radical. He started this group called Gawad Kalinga, um, which was, is basically a, uh, a movement to stop poverty in the Philippines. And I was exposed to his work from the time that I was a teenager. So the first time he visited the slums in Bagong Silang, I was 16. Uh, he brought me there and I got to meet a lot of um, wonderful people who were just like me if not for the circumstances of their birth so one of them was um, a very interesting girl she um, was very happy she was musical and um, but then I also learned that she was a prostitute Um, my dad had gone to Bagong Silang, had gone to the slums to find out about the root cause of poverty in the Philippines. Why, despite a lot of talent, a lot of um, uh, natural resources, why we were still poor after hundreds and hundreds of years. And um, he couldn't find the answers in school, he couldn't find the answers in um, the elite of Of the Philippines or in corporate world and so he went straight to the root of where he thought poverty was the most um, entrenched so that was Bagong Silang and he brought me along he said as a peace offering (laughs) to to earn the trust of the people in Bagong Silang that hey I'm not uh, afraid and I'm bringing my daughter because I want you to know that we are all one in this, we're all Filipinos and I don't want to shield my daughter from um, the realities of this country so that was before I was in corporate so I helped in um, volunteering with GK and um, it really made a big impression on me growing up Um, I remember also because I was a freshman in college at that time so from the time that I would spend in Bagong Silang and going to my university, which is Ateneo, which is one of the most exclusive schools in the country, I'm just seeing the the difference of mm. the environment. And um, one day I was journaling because it was a school requirement and I, I wrote down something that said, I want to do something now. I want to help the um, kids in Bagong Silang. Uh, I don't know how, but I know that I will one day. And then my teacher wrote a note that, that said, um, basically bottom line being that's silly you know what you do you, what you must do is um, you need to get rich first you need to be successful first and then that's when you think about helping other people yeah. and it was big discouragement for me at the time when you're 16 you're very impressionable and ever since then I just never felt like I was part of that um, environment and I, I didn't even try to fit in <laughs> anymore <laughs> um, so it was funny that after college that I decided to go corporate because I had that already dissonance within me but I was also battling with uh, a few other personal issues like trying to make it in the world and trying to be known as someone who's not just the daughter of Tony Melotto because he <laughs> You know, he built up this huge organization and um, he's making such a huge difference in the lives of so many people um, but in Philippine society that's also where a lot of expectations come in that when you're the daughter of someone so famous then everyone expects you to do the exact same thing and doors open for you, opportunities open for mm-hmm. you but I wanted to to figure out and to find out if I could do that on my own, if I could chart my own path as well and um, I didn't feel like I could do that in the development space because I was so dominated by this big figure that was my father and so um, everyone was expecting me to go right but I went left and went into the most unlikely thing which is capitalism (laughs) and corporate and and media Um, but I really believe that it was part of my journey of discovering who i was and really gaining the confidence that i could make uh it on my own that i could learn the skills that i otherwise would not have learned if i stayed in my comfort zone and in my shelter so i did corporate for four years but then my past caught up with me <laughs> So I was having such a great time, but then internally, I think I have the, I developed an internal compass. I don't know if it's my Catholic school education or just the influence of my parents were too strong that when I came to a point where I was having too much fun mm. and there was no purpose, that alarm bells were also going off inside me. And it was just making me really angsty and... Um, and and very, um, there was a longing in, in my heart to do something more. And I still remember that time when I, uh, the, one day when I came into the office, I sat down, I turned on my computer, and then just hit me I said, anyone can do this job. You know, anybody can, can, can come up with these. Um, Promo plans. Anyone can analyze the data. Anyone can come up with these um, uh, marketing strategies based on the data that you know that I churn out. But there's a real need now in GK. There's a real need for people. They, they hardly have anyone to help them in this growing work that they're doing. Mm. And I, I just sat there and said, you know what? I'm so dispensable here, but I'm really needed somewhere else. Yeah. And so that's when I decided to quit my corporate job um, and go where I'm needed. And mm. a while ago, I shared with you um, the quotation that really s- strikes me on yep. a daily basis. And that's when I realized that what really motivates me is purpose. Like, yep. And it doesn't have to be one thing throughout your life. It can change. Yep. But at that point in time, when I sat... In front of my computer, I just felt like I wasn't fulfilling my purpose, mm-hmm. that I was needed somewhere else. And that call was so strong that I needed to live leave that kind of life. Yeah. And so that's when I started um, volunteering for GK and using the skills and the experiences that I learned from corporate yeah. in GK. So I um, got my friends from advertising, my friends from um, um, from client side also to come up with a website for, yeah. for Gawad Kalinga and um, they were all excited they didn't quit because they, need, they, they still felt that they needed to be there but they were so happy to be doing this on the side because it gave them purpose it gave them um, the fulfillment that they were also looking for and um, that's when I also met my future husband Dylan because mm. he just come in looking for his purpose as well and it was um his first engagement with GK apart from donating um, houses for for the poor was um, helping out with the website. Mm. And that's where we met. Uh, and we fell in love. And then we got married. And um, it was whilst doing GK and raising a family when the idea for human nature came about. So it was like the sum total of all of our experience mm. my corporate life my um, background with development and my my desire to fulfill a purpose mm. um, Dylan being coming from business and giving that up because he was so disillusioned with the whole uh, the way the capitalist system works and yeah. when his company went public and my sister's love for natural and organic products and cosmetics she She had been... I always say she's 29, but she's already had 26 years experience in cosmetics. (laughs) And she's really the the creative force that um, uh, brought us into this industry. Otherwise, you would have gone into, I don't know, organic fuel or... Dylan was really like, why can't it be organic Ferraris? Why does it have to be lipsticks? Why does it have to be shampoo or conditioner and stuff like that? But... It's just, you know, I guess God's purpose of bringing our skills, experiences, mm. and um, desires together that brought about human nature. And um, it just was just the three of us to begin with. We didn't know anything about cosmetics. We didn't know anything about uh, how to start a business in the Philippine environment. Yeah. But we just had this, you know, uh, burning desire to do something and just the excitement of creation was was what was propelling us in the early days. Um, So we started that in 2008 and with the help of a lot of friends and um, family, we launched um, to, you know, just our networks and um, our vision was to create a business build a business that could um, really spark um, sustainable livelihood and have an inclusive model for uh, business in the Philippines, which is such a crazy brave dream i 've never done any accounting class in my life but we're, okay we 're going to build a business um, but because we when when we were starting, we were thinking you know there 's so much um, natural wealth in the Philippines. There's, mm. uh, we're the biggest exporters of coconut oil. We have acres and acres of fertile land everywhere, but a lot of it is, you know, not productive because yeah. um, the people who are living in these. Um, Areas don't have the capital, they don't have the skills, they don't have the training. Basically, all of the wealth is concentrated in the cities and no one is really reaching out to give them access to the markets, to provide them the training, to to really invest in them. So we thought that why not um, build a company that can source local ingredients
0: Mm.
1: and to um, create high-value products that can be uh, marketed all over the world. And yeah. these products need to be globally competitive. You can't just, you know, subscribe to the same um, model that a lot of um, local businesses um, use, which is, okay, it doesn't need to be world-class. It doesn't need to be big because it's just Filipinos anyway who are, <laughs> who are yeah. using it. But it's really about... Um, connecting the bottom of the pyramid with the top of the pyramid and really making sure that um, whatever progress that we make is an inclusive kind of progress. So in GK, they call it walang iwanan, which means no one gets left behind. And then the other thing that we go by as a company is um, less for self, more for others, and not for all. So whatever we um, do together, it gets um, more... Um, just distributed in a just way. I wouldn't say equal because sometimes it, does, it doesn't, it shouldn't be equal. Some people need more than others. So it's really about justice and it's really about how business can be a vehicle to promote social justice mm. in the Philippines. So that was all encapsulated in our. Um, very crude tagline, which is pro-Philippines, pro-poor, and pro-environment. We were not savvy at all. We were just, okay, this is what we believe in, this is what we want to do. So many people were like, okay, that's kind of crude, and even your company name is really Baduy. Baduy is corny. (laughs) But we're like, well, this is who we are, and this is what we're going to do. And since 2008, um, we've grown really fast sometimes faster than we would like Mm. and um, so from three people that's me my sister and Dylan we're now more than 300 people we're in five markets we are um, we have a network of about 40,000 dealers who sell our products we are sold in major retail chains like Shopwise Restance Landmark Uh, Robinsons, and all of this came about because we set up a company that was really driven by advocacy, by our mission, by a purpose, rather than just purely profit. Yeah. So it's very difficult to explain, but that was the like my bullet chain version <laughs> of oh, <I love> <laughs> how it came about. Yes. I love
0: it. Thank you so much. Mm. That's a great answer. I I'm gonna conclude in the show notes all the links mm-hmm. to human nature and the folks can learn more about their products and I'm actually a user of your products on a daily basis. So. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: even though my hair is still a yeah. work in progress.
1: So. <laughs> you should meet my, my um, three-year-old son. You have the same hair. He, oh. you'll, you'll meet him later. Oh,
0: fantastic. I okay.
1: haven't cut his hair since he was born, but it's just <laughs> all over the place. So hopefully
0: we can give each other encouragement. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
1: he loves it. He's rocking it. So.
0: <laughs> so, Anna, when you look back, what is the best advice you've ever received?
1: wow Uh, it would have to be don't quit and grow up I think grow up first and then don't quit (laughs) um, yeah I think that would be it grow up I remember hearing that in 2007 I was 28 but in a lot of respects I've maybe and I'm sure I did behave like a teenager mm. in certain aspects. <laughs> you know? yeah. Meaning complaining a lot, whining a lot yeah. and thinking that, you know, the world owes me something better because I've gone through so much hard stuff. You know, that kind of whiny yeah. attitude. And somebody just told me, stop being stop acting like a petulant teenager. <laughs> <laughs> and that has since Made me stop in my tracks whenever I feel myself you know going back to that yeah. to that state and I think it's important because you can be forty and still act like a teenager mm-hmm. and feel like the world owes you everything and feel mm-hmm. like um, there's nothing that you can do but complain or mm-hmm. uh, instead of really you know Knuckling down, rolling your sleeves And doing something about the problem That you're yeah. complaining about Somebody else, I, I read somewhere If you can't change the situation you're in Then change your attitude yes. So I guess that's That's the, basically what I want to say But it's more it, It's easy to remember when you just say Grow up And that's always what I tell myself mm. um, And then the other one is Don't quit yeah. Because um there were several times when we were starting human nature and even midway and up to now maybe before it was every week that we wanted to quit now it's (laughs) down to maybe once a quarter that we want to quit um but we realized that if you quit you 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 realize that you know, the solution was just around the corner. And if I just keep going mm. a little further, then I'd be able to surmount whatever crises these are. And there've been several in human nature. It's tested our inner strength, all three of us. Mm. I, I remember saying this in a talk that we would take turns having a nervous breakdown Mm. every week like this week it would be me next week it would be Dylan next week it would be Camille just you know really being completely you know either discouraged or mad or just frustrated Mm. with the things that we have to do in human nature Mm. Um, but that was one of the blessings of doing it Together and not being alone, just mm. having that support system. So when one tire is off, then the other two keep peddling. Mm. So, yeah, and carry the one that needs encouragement.
0: Yes. Yeah. I love that. I think we all need that. Mm. And there's no one person on island, there's no one man or one woman who can make it on their own. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. If you were to, has there been a particular book on your journey that's transformed your thinking that you would recommend to our listeners?
1: Um, when I was younger it was The Alchemist it really I guess when you're young and you're single it it just helps to be encouraged mm-hmm. that if you take the first step then the universe will conspire to yeah. kind of take you further and that was the encouragement that I needed when I was in my, in my 20s and um, these days I don't have a lot of time to read but Um, I just recently gave birth and that gave me Mm. a break. And the book that I was reading um, during my maternity leave was um, The History of the Philippines from Indios Bravos to Filipinos. So basically it's a a walk back in time from the pre-Hispanic era to the American age. And it was just like very it was like a, a journey of self-discovery for me mm. as well just looking back at history makes me understand mm. a lot of the things that I see nowadays yeah. and um, realize how we became who we are it made me kinder to mm. myself and kinder to fellow Filipinos when there's a lot of Filipino bashing there's a lot of country bashing that's happening
0: yes
1: um, so it's it it, it helped me to um gain that perspective and it also made me a lot more interested in my roots Mm. so that informs the decisions that i have to make on a daily basis whether it's dealing with our people and human nature whether it's dealing with family as well and um, understanding where we're coming from because history you know gave me that a perspective about what the value system is in the Philippines, yeah. our blind spots, our weaknesses, and hopefully knowing those will help us also overcome.
0: Mm. I like that, looking into history to see how we can overcome the challenges of today. Mm-hmm. What was was there a particular author of the book?
1: Yes, that was Luis Francia. Luis Francia, okay.
0: I yeah. will have the links to all those books you recommended, and mm-hmm. I love The Alchemist. Yeah. myself.
1: Oh, really? Just this year?
0: No way. Yeah, I absolutely love it. No
1: way. Okay. Um, Yeah. yeah,
0: I'd really recommend that to our listeners. But you've given me homework now. I need to read that book, History of the Philippines.
1: Yeah, and you should, to follow up, because because of that book, I wanted to get a different perspective on Philippine history. So that was from a filipino and then there's a pulitzer prize winning book by stanley carnell about the american occupation but he also goes back um, further before the american occupation mm. so the title of the book is in our image
0: In our image
1: so that's from a foreigner's perspective oh. so you can really see like the difference similarities and differences of
0: okay.
1: philippine history so
0: excellent yeah thank you Anna, when you think of the word successful, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who comes to mind?
1: My mother. Mm. She raised four really... Well, I'm not to say that I'm bragging, but she raised kids, that people that I'd love to be with, constantly inspire me, and those are my siblings. Mm. I mean, they're not celebrities, they're not well-known... Um, but just the kind of people that she was able to raise and she did it with a lot of sacrifice Mm. she did it with a lot of really um, dying to self (laughs) and when she was done with the youngest she said okay my work here is not done I think there's still more that I can give so we adopted uh, um, a newborn Mm. and so that's why I have a A nine-year-old, an eleven-year-old sister. (laughs) So I guess to me, the a successful person is just someone who is able to serve their purpose. Whether it's to be a mother, whether it's to be a CEO, whether it's to be a priest or uh, a scientist, Um, someone who's always reflecting on their journey on how they can serve. Uh, another quote comes to mind because I just enrolled my my son in a new school since we moved here, and it really struck me. And it said, "I love, therefore I serve." Mm. So to love is to serve,
0: mm.
1: whether in whatever capacity you feel you are called to do.
0: Mm, that's golden. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So Anna, this part of the show, the next part is about adversity and there's a lot of our listeners right now going through some very tough times, mm-hmm. I really believe that um, everyone is fighting a private battle, mm-hmm. everyone is fighting a private battle, so if you don't mind looking back on your career, in terms of specific, um, I don't like the word failure, but setbacks mm-hmm. to overcome, what, which ones or is there one in particular that you'd like to share that you've learned the most from?
1: Okay. All right. I am a typical, like, Filipina who doesn't like adversity, who doesn't like confrontation. But being in business is just calling for it. <laughs> you know, you cannot, you cannot avoid adversity. I was always very averse to confrontations. But I think it was in our second year of um, having established human nature, we were... Uh, we had a legal case. Somebody tried to uh, cancel our mark, basically to shut us down. Basically to shut us down. And the allegations were completely baseless because we had, um, we, well, to my mind, completely baseless, maybe not to them, but basically they were saying that we had no right to use the mark, human nature, because they had a similar mark and they had registered it first. And to me, looking at um, the legal documents is the first time I've ever had to, had to teach myself legal jargon and have to understand all of these things. Um, it was very, very uh, daunting, a daunting task. And the decision was, do we fold and just change our mark um, a mark that we've already built for the past two years that we were emotionally invested in and so many people have grown to love or do we fight? (laughs) basically and this is so alien to me because I'm not I'm not that kind of person Um, fortunately my husband is a fighter but I had to be the one to fight all the the legal battles because I'm the president of the company so I represent the company in everything and that's when i realized that sometimes you have to be more than you are you have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to you can't say this is who i am and there's no changing and this is just how i just i just need to live my life according to how i was designed and that was one instance where i learned that when something is that important, you just need to first battle with yourself to get over your own um, your own walls of being more than you are, and then that's when you've made that decision internally. That's when you when you fight, and it was a long um, process. It took us two years, but finally we reached a compromise with the other company, and at first. Um, it was also a lot of tension between Dylan and myself because we have very different styles. He was like, okay, all out, you know, um, uh, the very British style that you confrontational, let's do it head on and all of that. And I was like, no, there must be a different way. And um, I'm not backing down, but the Eastern way is sorting things out and, you know, trying to understand where the other person is coming from. For all we know, maybe they're not, Wanting to shut us down simply because they want to stamp us out as as competition. Maybe there's something else, and in the end, um, I was able to do both. I was able to fight, but at the same time, I was able to do it in my own way.
0: Mm. And
1: it ended up not with like one side winning or the one side winning and the other side lo- losing, but we came into a compromise agreement, which okay. was a win-win situation for both. Mm. So yeah oh fantastic (laughs) but at that I was like this is not me like legal battles what is this (laughs) but just meeting with other party we realized that you know they're not bad people they're not out to it's not you know a David versus Goliath kind Mm. of thing it's um to them, maybe it's just business and trying to get a bigger market share. But I had to explain that we can coexist together. We're mm. in different spaces. And this is really better for the customers, the consumers, that there's more choices, there's more yeah. competition. So, yeah.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so it's Seek first to understand before you seek to be understood.
1: Right. Yeah. And and also just really getting over yourself so that you can then be better at the things that you do. Yeah. Sometimes it's that battle inside first that's going on before you're able to to gear up for the fight outside.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, I, I wrote that down. Fight the battle first inside. Yeah. Before the the battle outside. Yeah. Something like that. So Anna. I want you in particular to direct um, the next question towards some of our listeners that are going through adversity but adversity that comes from their loved ones Mm -hmm. Um, whether that be in the form of discouragement Mm -hmm. and and neglect or in some way some of the most painful comments we receive are from the ones we love Mm -hmm. what advice would you have for that person that is going through that challenge in particular right now
1: That's a really difficult one, especially in our country where um, we put a high value on family and harmony. Um, My dad was the one who told me this and I still battle with it on a daily basis because I think it's on a case-to-case thing. He said, it's better to love than to be right. (laughs) And on some days, I think, he's right and then on other days I think he's wrong but <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's it, it, sometimes when you know what's right you have to the loving thing to do is not to keep quiet <laughs> yeah. so for, for for people who are, get, are facing discouragement from family know first and foremost that you are lovable mm-hmm. that I'm Christian I'm Catholic so mm-hmm. i always believe that God is the only person who can love me perfectly Mm. and who will never disappoint me so Mm. even my my parents as much as I love them, my siblings as much as I hold them in high esteem, Mm. there will be days when they will disappoint me, there will be days when I want to strangle them and they want to strangle me, (laughs) I'm sure I think yesterday they would have wanted to strangle me, but just having that foundation that you have dignity
0: yep.
1: that no matter how low you feel, no matter how um, useless you feel at this moment that you're not because you are alive and therefore there is a reason for that yep. and God made you for a purpose and that has um, helped me through some of the lowest points in my life um, I'm very prone to insecurity. Mm. And um, that's something that I've had to hold on to for, for many times in my life. Um, just to really remember that you have worth, you have dignity, and you have purpose. Mm. And if it's very difficult for you to believe that, find someone to help you Um, see that version of yourself and don't hang out with people (laughs) if you need to if you need a break from your family then by all means take a break from your family it doesn't mean that you love them any less if you decide to live somewhere else um, if that will help you to regain your wholeness Hmm. Um, but having that wholeness will help you to relate with them in a much healthier way And it's also sometimes a matter of self-preservation. Yeah.
0: So. I love it. No, I mm-hmm. think it's very, very valid. And um, hopefully some of our listeners will feel very encouraged by that. Because we, we all need to hear that, mm-hmm. including me and you. <laughs> Every day we need to hear that. So I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, Anna, we're going to go into the, the fun section. Okay. Uh, I'm still trying to think of a better name for this, but it's okay. called the it fun section. Okay. Uh, you don't have to answer any of these questions. Okay. You can just skip. But
1: okay. But if you were, Pass. hypothetically,
0: if you were to punch someone in the face,
1: okay. who would that be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I would punch the whiny me. Oh, <laughs>
0: okay. the, the whiny version. Of the
1: whiny one. version of me and the... Um, yeah, cuz I think we all strive to be better versions of ourselves and if we're honest and look back at times in our lives there would have been times when we would say that you know what you were not so such a such a cool person that back then. I mean um yeah, I remember a time when I felt very helpless and I just complained a lot and not do anything about it. Um but I had a wake-up wake call um, when I started having children, and just having kids, it's not about you anymore, and you just really have to shape up, Yeah. you know, and I wish I knew that when I was younger, I wouldn't have wasted so much time, I wouldn't have wasted so many opportunities and relationships if I had known that earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think a good jab to the jaw would have woken me up <laughs> at that time. Um, yeah, so that, that would be my okay. opponent.
0: <laughs> so when you look back, let's say just this year, is there, is there anything that has surprised you about yourself?
1: <laughs> um, just moving to outside the city, mm. you know, I... I I was surprised at how much I enjoyed solitude. Maybe because I come from a big family, and then now I have a big family. But just living outside the city has allowed me to have pockets of time. And I've genuinely enjoyed just being by myself. It's such a luxury. (laughs) And it's so refreshing um, just to to hear yourself think and just to really um, make sense of the chaos around you and it allows you to step out into the battlefield again so yeah, I think there was such a life-changing decision for us to just get out of the city and have that space we made that decision um, primarily for our children so that they can have fresher air, more space, and just not have gadgets to constantly entertain them, but to really learn to entertain themselves, explore the real world. But it's been really, uh, you know, literally a breath of fresh air for us adults also, Mm. because you realize that there's so many unnecessary demands. You were saying a while ago, you've never had to say no so many times until you come to the Philippines. And I completely understand that because there's so many demands. There are so many things that, dem- that um, make demands on you in the city. Yeah. So just having the luxury to breathe it really is a luxury. <laughs> Less is more. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. Love that. I
0: love that. Is there a skill or a, a knowledge that you're trying to master right now that you'd like to share with us?
1: Um, well, I wouldn't say skill. What? But as I mentioned earlier, I've had a recent interest in Philippine history, which is pretty late. Because a lot of the things that I'm reading about... I must have gone through when I was in school yeah. but at that age you're just not interested <laughs> at that age it's just not relevant it's just you just have to go through it in order to pass your grade and, yeah. and all of those things but now it's really coming from a genuine interest and a genuine desire for me to understand my identity yeah. Um. So that's it. And I'm also learning how to teach better. And because knowing how to do something doesn't necessarily make you the best person to teach it. Exactly. And I've had to put my own um, expectations in check. And I've had to really try to manage my frustration, whether it's, you know, um, teaching people at work or teaching my own children it's really learning you know that skill and my hat's off to all the great teachers out there it's not an easy thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not an easy thing Mm
0: -hmm. no I appreciate it thank you so the second last part of the show Mm -hmm. it's on productivity Mm -hmm. is there a productivity habit that you practice Mm -hmm. that others may benefit from
1: I'm sure a lot of the most productive people do this also, but I try to use my waiting time as thinking time. Like in the shower. Okay. In the shower, I already run through my schedule Mm. in my head. And then I try to figure out how much time each activity will take, and I try to stick to to that time. Okay. Um, and I put allowance in between each activities especially I had to do that especially when I was in the city because just travel time will yeah. kill you
0: yeah.
1: um, so yes I try to think of my day in in pockets of, of time and yeah. then I always try to put um, allowance in between and just I learned this from other working mothers as well that when you're waiting for your child that's Golden time to catch up on things, yeah. so I'm checking my email when I'm picking up my kids, yeah. and um, I try to do the most difficult things in the morning.
0: Ooh, swallow the frog.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I actually told that I, I taught that to to my daughter. You swallow the frog, and then you pack away. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. So he, she knows how about the frog. <laughs> She knows about the frog. Yeah.
0: Excellent. And if... I'm sure you wouldn't get to where you are today in all aspects of your life without the ability to say no Mm -hmm. to the wrong people, the wrong opportunities. Mm -hmm. Is there one example that you want to share of saying no to something or someone that has helped you the most? Saying no... um...
1: Well, now that human nature has um, reached this this um, size and we have some sort of influence over... And we're getting known a lot. I get so many speaking engagements, like mm-hmm. invitations to talk about human nature. Yeah. and I, And it's very difficult to say no because on the one hand, it helps... I mean, it helps our purpose because our vision is really to be uh, the gold standard of a business with a heart that will embolden other businesses to um, help change society. So that is really, those are golden opportunities to extend our influence and share our policies about Um, paying double the minimum wage and there are no firing policies so these are all really great opportunities but I also realize that my company needs me and my children need me so it's really discerning where I can be most um, effective and where the message will really be received the most or best Um, so if it's just for example a group of people who I know have a set way of thinking and that they're just inviting me because I'm the token lady or <laughs> or because... Uh, so it's really about discerning these yeah. things because time there is time taken away from exactly. operations, time yeah. te- taken away from, uh, you know, instilling values in my children, yeah. stuff like that. Um, I've had to turn down, for example, international trips mm. because, you know, those things take time. Yeah. Um, I will only consider these trips depending on who the audience is and yeah. stuff like that. It's very tempting because travel is always enjoyable.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I've often done like, I'd fly in, for example, to Cebu in the morning Take the first flight in and take the last flight out on the same day even when people would um, offer like free accommodations and yeah. uh, so that you can join us for socials. I say no to a lot of socials. Yeah. <laughs> I say no to anything beyond 7 pm yeah. So uh, I've lost a lot of friends that way also mm. but it's just a matter of priorities. Mm.
0: I love the power of no. I really, really believe in it. And those very practical examples you shared, I really believe a lot of people will be inspired by that Mm. in terms of how they can say no more in their lives on Mm. a day-to-day basis. So Mm. I appreciate that.
1: Sometimes, I mean, I've been very prone to this because um, I think my default is really to, to... towards harmony and towards pleasing people and it's a very Filipino trait also mm. it's very difficult for us to say no even when like oh when you come to my party and you're like oh I'll try or maybe we'll see I'll check my schedule yeah. and stuff like that but in your mind like no I'm not going I'm not going but you can't say it outright yeah, and it's always like I know it's very annoying and frustrating for for people who are, not, who are not, for non-Filipinos but when, when, when a Filipino says I'll try you can count on it that they're really not showing up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but I mean, I think it's for you to live the kind of life that you want. You have to say no to the kind of life that you don't want. Yeah. But to discern what that is—that's the hard part. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: So, last part of the show, Anna. Mm-hmm. Three questions and I'll give you as much time as you need for these three questions.
1: Okay. So. How hard is this question?
0: <laughs> it's uh, well, it's, it taps into the right side of your brain. It taps okay. in. It's a very these are powerful questions and I think you have actually touched on them all um, already. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is another opportunity just to add more if you feel mm-hmm. so. So wh- what is your dream for this country? What is your dream for the Philippines and the Filipino people?
1: Wow. I just dream of a place where every Filipino can hold their head high in dignity and that no one will feel trapped or exploited or um, desperate. Mm. Those are really powerful emotions. Mm. And there's so many of us that feel that every single day. Mm. And hope is such a fleeting um, Thing for many people but that's something that we just hold on to but I want to see that hope blossom into reality mm. so that Filipinos don't have to leave their families in order to have a better life for their children I just want to see that hope blossom so that we don't see hunger or deprivation mm. in our country or um, Ignorance. There are so many problems in our country and each one of them needs a really radical solution and just the determination to see through those solutions. And, but there is hope and I just hope that in my lifetime we'll be able to, to see improvements in that. At, um, I see it in our company I see people who were formerly um, Scavengers yeah. Who who would um, loiter around restaurants Picking out chicken bones or chicken meat And then boiling it again And selling it It's called pagpag And that's their means of, of livelihood And now they're um, smartly dressed They're very confident in um, as a merchandiser um, in this in our country merchandisers you never get regularized merchandisers are usually on a contractual basis so five months and then you're fired and then a new batch of um, contractuals will yeah. will step in but um, I've seen you know these former scavengers now really having that hope and that dignity and um When they clean up, they clean up well. You can hardly differentiate them from, you know, um, students from Ateneo or UP or LaSalle. Yeah. And um, they're able to send their kids to private schools now. I mean, they're not the top-tier private schools, but it's still better than getting cramped into a classroom with a hundred students and having three shifts in one day the first shift starting at 5 a.m. so that you know they can finish the lessons and the next shift comes in and the next shift comes in and I've seen really the relief from these people and when the relief is there they're able to really reach their full potential Mm. and they're able to think hear themselves think like we do they're able to dream for a better life for for their families and they surprise you because they go beyond their families because they were given that small relief they're now thinking of serving other people who are not part of their family they're thinking of going to Ormok to help build for, for the typhoon survivors they're able to think about you know um, other communities because they realize that there are others who are worse off than them and they want to to now be able to serve because they were given that um, same um, care. They want to give that care back as well.
0: Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's a really inspiring answer. Mm -hmm. Second last question.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I want you to visualize 20 year old Anna.
1: 20 year old can
0: you remember what she looked like Uh, do you remember how she thought her her (laughs)
1: behaviors
0: her values
1: uh, very unsure
0: (laughs) (laughs) well let's go back in time to that 20 year old Anna Mm -hmm. what advice would you give her
1: Uh, wow I'm sure you've heard this answer before but I'd tell her not to worry it'll all work out not in how you envision it to be but better
0: Ooh. I love that <laughs> I'd love to see your reaction who are you? <laughs>
1: like who are you? Do, do you? have you seen that movie The Kid with um, Bruce Willis? Will he... oh Sixth Sense? no 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 Bruce Willis he went back in time to talk to the 9 year old version of him
0: oh okay
1: so the 40 year old Bruce Willis it's yeah. a successful real estate hotshot and then goes back like really trim and like very bossy and all of that. And he goes back in time to this um, nine year old who's like pudgy and going through um, his parents' divorce and all of those things. It's a really good movie. Mm. It's called The Kid. So. The
0: Kid, okay. Yeah. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, it's a bit
1: of a... Bruce Willis. No way on The Kid. <laughs> It's a good movie.
0: Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'll check that out. I need need these recommendations. Yeah. So last question, Anna, and this show is called The Best of You. Mm -hmm. We exist to help inspire and empower Filipinos to go further faster, Mm -hmm. to ultimately become the best version of themselves Mm -hmm. by making improvements, small improvements every single day. Mm -hmm. What is the final advice that you would give to our listeners on how they can become the best version of themselves?
1: Um, Dream Dream But dream big Dream not only for yourself But dream for The entire country Dream for humanity I think A lot of people get shot down When they Dream crazy dreams Dream big dreams But It's these crazy dreams It's these big dreams That change the world So Even if you feel like very um, helpless it's those dreams that will help you get through the drudgery of daily life and help you to um, find opportunities also to um, to go beyond your, um, your current situation but I hope that dream includes others because no matter how miserable you think you are no matter how desperate your situation is I am sure and this is the one thing that I am sure about there is someone else who is worse off than you there is always someone else and whenever I feel myself like feeling discouraged and feeling like oh poor me or whatever I always remind myself I'm not poor there are so many people who are really poor so get over yourself <laughs> and do something about it mm. no matter how desperate your situation is there's always someone who's worse off than you so. thank you yeah
0: and, uh, and I appreciate you I want to acknowledge you for allowing not mm-hmm. saying no to this interview <laughs> allowing me to come here to your home and to make this recording I think you've provided so much value to our listeners today and yeah I appreciate you for person you are
1: Thank you, Mike. And you uh, yourself—you're an aberration, I would think, <laughs> coming to the Philippines and you know really um, pursuing something that you feel very strongly about. Thank Appreciate you for coming to the Philippines. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank
0: you so much, Anna. And have a fantastic
1: day. And stay with you.
0: And there you have it, folks—the amazing Anna Moloto Wilk. Wow, I feel very blessed. To get some to spend some time with Anna, recording this interview, really, really appreciate her sharing some very deep insights on her journey, both as an entrepreneur and as a mother, and as a citizen of the Philippines. It was very inspiring, and I hope you took some something from it. Your feedback is important to us, and we need your feedback. So please go on to bestofyou.ph, go to the show notes. We welcome, welcome you to leave comments, um, suggestions on this episode. In particular, what you're taking away from this, what was the key things you're personally taking away from this episode that you can see and that you can apply in your life. And we exist to serve you. This is to help, this whole show is to help Filipinos go further faster. So we really appreciate you giving us feedback on how, how this is impacting you. Lastly, if you are a sponsor and you like what you hear and you'd like to partner with us, please go onto our website, connect with me, bestofyou.ph has all my contact details and we'll be, yeah, we'll be excited to talk to you and how we can partner together to add more value to our listeners. Okay, guys, that was episode number one. Oh, I'm so proud of everyone that's helped us get this far. I'm really appreciative of you, the listener, of making this episode a part of your day. We're going to have more amazing, amazing guests um, from all different sectors sports, religion, entrepreneurs, executives, um, amazing, amazing thought leaders and thinkers that are going to add, I believe, and I really, really believe this, that they're going to add extraordinary value. Um, and give you inspiration and advice that's going to help you make better decisions and go further, faster. That's it for me. God bless you. Tune in to our next episodes. It's going to be an amazing journey. Thank you, guys. Someone get in the